Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanksgiving is a weird tradition, but one that seems to stick. Any holiday where family comes together seems to almost guarantee an argument. Sometimes it's fun to like throw a metaphorical bomb in a room of family and then walk out of the room and let everybody fight. It would be like walking away in slow motion from like a big explosion or something like that. Well, your girl will be avoiding all that shit this year because I'm having a lovely turkey day on my own. I'm sitting here drinking a glass of champagne and I plan to watch burlesque later. A movie which my sister told me she has never seen. And that's honestly criminal. At this point, it's a crime. How can you not see a movie that has Cher, Peter Gallagher, Stanley Tucci, and Christina Aguilera? Not to mention Kristen fucking Bell? It's iconic. Wagon Wheel Watusi. <sighs> I'm sitting out this holiday season, as you all know. I've been taking the lead on holidays ooh, for about the past 18 years. That kind of happens when you're the only one with a child. Or maybe that's just how I handled it. But let me tell you something. Your girl is tired. I am tired of hosting holidays, which is why I am sitting this one the fuck out. And I am ecstatic about it. For the first time in like 18 years, I'm not watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't have to get up and cook breakfast. Instead, I'm watching Burlesque and maybe Center Stage after that. Also starring Peter Gallagher, I might add. But I got my Thanksgiving food fix. And when I was in New Orleans this past week, I went over to my sister's house to bake pies with my daughter and with my sister. Oh, and with our little niece. Oh, I guess it's just my niece. Anyways. We had a pie competition. Now, every year we make a lemon cream cheese pie with homemade graham cracker crust, and it is exquisite. And I took advantage of the cooking opportunity, and I brought over a honey-baked ham, some crescent rolls, and we also made mashed potatoes. We all three were sitting there, like, crushing the graham cracker up in the kitchen, and it looked almost like we were, like, back in the day cooking, like basically like in the 1800s and my daughter Madison turns to us and she goes the harvest has been bountiful this year sisters I fucking rolled on the floor laughing that bitch is hilarious you know I've never liked turkey I've always been a ham lady people like the way she says ham ham allowing myself to have these food staples prior to Thanksgiving really did the trick in making me feel like I'm experiencing the real Thanksgiving holiday. And this year on Thanksgiving, I'm bringing you episode motherfucking 12. I'm new to this podcast world, and I've always been a fan of Spotify. In fact, I've been a loyal subscriber to Spotify, I would say for about 10 years, but Spotify straight fucked me, and not in a good way. For some unknown reason, episode 11, Big Daddy, of the Rich Room podcast didn't make it on over to Spotify. I think that Spotify is punishing me for not hosting my podcast through Spotify, but I don't trust Spotify. And I really don't trust Spotify now. So if you are a Spotify user, and last week you were so 
eager to listen to episode 11 of the Rich Room podcast and you waited and you waited and that glorious episode never arrived? I am here to tell you that I am so very sorry and I think I might be switching to Apple soon and letting go of my loyalty to Spotify. I've contacted tech support for both Spotify and my hosting platform and both say it's all good on their end but the episode still isn't there so I might have to delete the episode and republish it but I'm sorry, and if you're really jonesing for the episode, you can hop on over to Apple. I noticed a little mistake from last week's episode when I was listening back. It was when I was discussing my landlord, whom I referred to as Carol, and then in a confusing turn of events, I continued to call Carol Cheryl, when in fact, my landlord's name was neither Carol nor Cheryl. And if you haven't figured it out by now, any stories that I tell have names, dates, and cities changed to ensure anonymity. I ain't getting sued. Even though everything's true that I'm saying, so we can't, what are you going to sue me for? And I am within my right to tell my story my, and my experience, but I'm still going to take that extra protection and change a bunch of shit. I also received some feedback from my very good friend, Elisa. Shout out to Elisa and Ella in Chicago. I was informed that the sound quality was very low, meaning the volume was low and it was difficult to listen to this podcast in the car on the interstate because of the competing sound. So for this episode, I've taken extra care in prepping the sound and I'm hoping that this is an improvement. I am learning on the go with this podcast and I greatly appreciate feedback from the people. I'm also having a Murphy's Law kind of day. For those of you who don't know what Murphy's Law is, it means when everything that can go wrong does go wrong. I woke up today feeling like a little stressed, a little anxious, which is surprising as fuck because I've decided to opt out of the holidays. But for some reason, I'm having like phantom anxiety or something. I am very stressed out that my house isn't clean, but like why would it be? I just fucking got here and my belongings were just shipped here like two days ago. So the first thing that's going wrong is I got a pimple on my face. And it's one of those that feel like it's right on the surface, but it's actually quite deep. And I don't have any of my fancy products with me, so I had toothpaste sitting on that bitch this morning. That's what I used to do when I was in high school, so we'll see how that works out. Fuck it, I'm going to get a pimple patch. Okay, I'm back and I have a pimple patch. Um, these things are the best invention. And they even have little cute ones like I have on now, which is like a little star. This is my pimple patch podcast. Okay. To continue on with my Murphy's Law morning, I got a new ring camera, which I'm very excited about, but the battery is about to die, and I purchased a replacement battery that I have been charging in anticipation of my ring battery dying. Well, I start to go and screw the camera to change the battery with the little weird screws, and one of the fucking screws falls out on my front porch, and I can't find it. So now I've got to order replacement screws for my ring camera, and I still haven't changed the battery. I'm hoping that battery life holds on like freaking oil and Hanukkah candles. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just remembered that the ring camera came with replacement parts already. There may actually be a screw in there. I'm going to look right after this podcast. Okay. Speaking of replacement parts, I finally, after weeks of waiting, received my package of the replacement part filter for my brand new vacuum cleaner that I accidentally threw away when I was emptying the dustbin. Well, I opened the package and come to find out it's not the correct fucking part. I actually only ordered the filter. And the little filter holder that fell out when I emptied the dustpan 
wasn't included in this order. I mean, I accidentally threw it away, and it has been taken by the fine people at the sanitation department. So I had to order another one, and who knows how long that will take to come in. Well, I also made myself some fabulous mushroom coffee, and I decided to go sit outside this morning and relax and drink my coffee, try to get myself out of this bad mood that I've been in. And when I start walking towards the back door, I do a little accidental shuffle, and I spill fucking coffee all over myself. Hot, burning mushroom coffee. Later on, I was changing Lydia's kitty litter, and I accidentally spill it on the fucking floor. Now I gotta use this vacuum cleaner that's here that's probably from 1993 because I can't use my brand new fancy vacuum because I throw the filter holder away on fucking accident. Side note, I got told that I possibly cuss too much on this podcast, but fuck that. I've got a lot of unresolved rage and the only way that I'm able to get it out at this current time is through the word fuck. So buckle the fuck up because I'm going in. Probably the worst thing that has happened to me this morning is that I kept running into fucking everything. And although at that time I had not had a drop of alcohol, I woke up today like a drunk baby. And I have bruises all over my legs and arms because I keep running into everything. And I feel like the cherry on the cake is I'm going to walk past the door handle and my shirt is going to get caught on it and rip. I don't need to put that into the universe. Strike that from the record. Uh Uh-uh. Snoop Dogg shook the world the other day. He posted on his social media that he was giving up smoke and to please respect his privacy at this time. I was in several different chats regarding this development, speculating whether or not he had a health issue or was he just trying to be clever and say that he's not going to smoke cannabis anymore and really meaning that he's going to use smokeless cannabis for some marketing ploy. Turns out the entire post was a marketing ploy for a smokeless fire pit. Which kind of sounds like a great product, actually. But Snoop Dogg had people questioning a lot of shit this past week. People even jumped on the bandwagon being like, oh, I'm gonna quit smoking too. I was thinking I was gonna have to redo my entire bucket list because, as you know, one item on my bucket list is to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg. So that's kind of hard if Snoop Dogg stopped smoking. But thank goodness, all is right in the world, Snoop is still his old self. Someone who is not their old self in a good way is Andre 3000. He has completely evolved as an artist. He came out with a new album this week called New Blue Sun. Now, we are all used to Andre 3000 rapping and singing in Outkast. This new album is entirely flute music. I was a little skeptical at first, but I started listening to the album and I really like it. You could definitely meditate to it. Uh, Shit, you know what? I thought about going to the beach today because it's Thanksgiving and I'm assuming people will not be there. Maybe I go and I listen to Andre 3000 and I meditate on the beach. That actually sounds like a great day. The titles of the song on this new album are probably my favorite and I've never seen anyone do this before. The first track is titled, I swear, I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. Kind of fucking genius, right? Track two is called, the slang word pussy rolls off the tongue with far better ease than the proper word vagina. Do you agree? I actually do agree, Andre 3000. 
I think language has done us a disservice by referring to women's genitalia as vagina. For something so powerful and wondrous and mysterious, I feel like we need a better word. I think Andre 3000 is on to something. And the clincher track for me is called 93 Till Infinity and Beyonce. You had my interest. Now you have my attention. A big congratulations to Andre 3000 for staying true to his artistry and making music that comes to him instead of forcing music that everyone wants to hear. I actually think this album is a nice way for Andre 3000 to get back into the forefront of music. And if you put a beat on those flute tracks, it could be pretty damn good. People might already be doing that. So I think I'm going to go ahead and start planning my 40th birthday party. I will be 45 years from December 20th. So I will be 35 this December and fucking proud of it. Crystal from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills had her 40th birthday party in Vegas. And I think I might want to do that. The group went to Magic Might, and God bless Sutton, she really wanted to be picked to go on stage, and she even wore pants and brought her dollar bills. But she apparently was so offended by Erica on stage that she stormed off and she said, I'm on the board of the American Ballet, very Maureen from center stage. I am the best goddamn dancer in the American Ballet Academy. Who the hell are you? Sutton seems kind of off this season, and by off I mean a little tipsy, but honestly, I kind of like it. This is the first season since Sutton has been on the show that I've actually liked her this much. And I like that she's letting her hair down a bit. Also, I think if she would have just waited at the Magic Mike show, the guys would have asked her to go on stage. But she stormed out when she wasn't picked first. And she kind of made a fool of herself. So if you want to be invited to my 40th birthday party, state your intentions now. Well, in the latest episodes of Beverly Hills Housewives, the ladies go to a country western bar and Garcelle wins best dress for me. She has like these orange and black printed pants with black fringe on the side, a black blazer and a black hat. Mm, absolute perfection. Now later on back in LA, Kyle goes over to Sutton's and Sutton appears a little loosey-goosey and perhaps a bit tipsy. Now you'll get no judgment from me here. If Sutton wants to drink, I don't think anything's wrong with it. She leads a leisurely life. She works very hard. And as long as she's not putting herself or anyone else in danger, go ahead. Maybe just film it and put it on social so I can see it too. I will tell you the way she was imitating Erica had me in stitches. So Kyle points out to Sutton that Sutton has been losing her shit. And Sutton responds to Kyle by repeatedly saying over and over and over again to name the times that she was losing her shit. And she just kept saying, name them, 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 name them. And now, because Kyle said something's wrong with Sutton, Sutton's like, I think something's going on with you. Oh, the rest of the season looks pretty damn good, I gotta say. Okay, now that I've moved into a new state, it is time to get a new ID here. And I find it best practice when dealing with government agencies such as the DMV to expect and account for multiple visits. It is a rarity that you go into a government office on a first attempt and your business is like all handled. Maybe it's just me, but in my experience, I have to visit government agencies multiple times before accomplishing my task. Oh my God, wait, speaking of the DMV, we have to talk about Real Housewives at Potomac real quick. 
First off, Ashley is just out here causing unnecessary problems between Wendy and Necra. I'm not even going to say anything about Robin. I feel for her. I think it's obvious that all these ladies feel for her. Juan is not nice to Robin. It does not seem like he gives a fuck about how any of this affects her. And obviously, we don't see everything, but I think we've seen enough. And in my opinion, Juan is not supporting Robin or even being fucking nice to her. Or even thinking about how this is affecting her. Okay, I like Wendy, but Wendy might need a little therapy. Side note, every time I call and place an order to go at a restaurant, the restaurant thinks I'm saying Wendy and not Lindsay. Sometimes they hear Cindy too. What are you going to do? Well, Wendy is apparently coming out with a talk show and it's going to be real elevated, real educational, and it sounds real boring. Wendy's like a little doth protest too much. And Deborah is thirsty. And as you'll recall, she lied last season about Chris and Happy Eddie hitting on her and making her feel uncomfortable or whatever. Deborah is thirsty for camera time. In this recent episode, she keeps popping up left and right. She's like, hey, come on, Deborah. Wendy and Happy Eddie doing the practice communion with their children was so damn wholesome. They seem like they're a really good team, and they also make communion seem fun. And now their kids feel confident in themselves. I love to see it. Oh, Happy Eddie. I do not like the negative tension between Wendy and Neca. They are both very accomplished, successful ladies, and I feel like we have Ashley to blame. Ashley and her titties. Lord only knows why she couldn't wear a shawl or jacket or cape to cover those honkers at Wendy's son's communion reception. And to quote Candace Dillard Bassett, God is not pleased. Ashley definitely would not have worn that inside of a church. I kind of feel like it's a sign of respect to cover yourself in a church. I did it. I covered my titties in grease. Not like in like grease, like bacon grease, but in like the country grease. I was in Greece studying abroad with my law school. And obviously we toured a bunch of churches and stuff. And anyone who enters a Greek temple or church must cover up. And I did it and everyone else did it and it was respectful. Greece was amazing. I had an absolutely life-changing experience. I feel like Ashley has to have something that she could cover herself with to help offset, like, the titty shock. Offset! Woo! 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 <laughs> That's a little Migos. So, Ashley and her titties started this entire drama by telling Wendy that Neca said that Wendy was Osu, which means she's basically an outcast from their culture. However, Neca did not say this. And then we hear from Neca that Wendy's mom put some kind of hex on Neca. And when Ashley told Wendy that Neca did not say this about Wendy and that Ashley had actually misrepresented this entire story, Wendy had a look on her face that uh, she's like, uh, is it too late to cancel the hex? Which brings me back to the motherfucking DMV. According to Neca, Wendy's mother called Neca's cousin saying that she had a shrine that she submits names to. Name them. And Wendy's mom told Neca's cousin to ask the people down at the DMV who she prays against. Name them. And Wendy's mom said, ask them how they are doing because they are not doing well. So now I'm assuming that every person who works at the DMV was put there by Wendy's mom following a hex and a name submission to a shrine. Name them. 
Okay, obviously I did my research before I went to the DMV. I knew which documents I had to bring to establish my identity and my residency. But when I went to the DMV yesterday, I was quickly turned away. Because apparently, you can't just walk into a DMV and start the process to get your identification card. Turns out, you have to make an appointment. And the website did not say this. Or, I did not see that this was included on the website. And all these people at the DMV apparently had appointments, and I shit you not, there's probably 200 people there in need of assistance. So I go online this morning to make an appointment, and the earliest appointment I could get is for December 11th, which is like three weeks from now. Who knew the DMV was in such demand? And there are like eight DMVs here. But I have an appointment, and that is progress. And I have to remind myself that I'm striving for progress and not perfection. Speaking of progress, I have made a little headway on my Spanish-speaking journey. And after my DMV debacle, I decided to make the most of my trip and go to Target. Now, Miami is fucking huge. I haven't even scratched the surface of my immediate area. And I was in a different area of Miami because I had to go to the DMV. But there was a Target very close by. So I decided to go to Target. And it was a big Target. So I knew I would be able to distract myself with all the goodies inside. And when I entered Target, all of my DMV woes dissolved. I got some delicious snacks, a little champagne for me to enjoy on Thanksgiving Day, a 12-pack of mini Coca-Colas. Mini Coca-Colas are the perfect amount of Coca-Cola, and they are so cute and miniature. You almost feel excited and happy drinking them just due to their adorable size. So I had a nice little shopping trip in Target, and I go to the checkout line, and I have a lot of stuff. So I can't really do self-checkout, which is what I normally do. So I make my way to this one checkout with a cashier, and the woman in front of me is taking for fucking ever. It's like she couldn't figure out how to use the card machine. Now, I should mention that everyone is speaking Spanish. The customers, the Target cashier, but this is nothing new. Not only do the majority of people here speak Spanish, but Spanish is spoken predominantly more than English. But it's quite common for everyone around me to be speaking Spanish. But I've never been somewhere where the person checking me out does not also speak some English. So the woman checking out in front of me finally resolved her credit card issues and left. So it was my turn to check out. Now, I gave the cashier woman like a kind, warm smile. And she starts speaking to me and says something to me in Spanish. Now, I have been practicing Duolingo almost every day. So, with mild confidence, I say to her, Oh, um, no hablo espanol. And then she responded to me, No hablo ingles. And I was like, huh. I've exhausted the extent of my Spanish. And it was a very interesting experience. Both of us wanted to communicate with each other so badly, but we did not speak one another's language. But we were both just smiling at each other. And we found a way to communicate despite the language barrier. But I got a little nervous when she rang up my champagne and needed my date of birth to type into the system so that I could get my champagne, which was and is an essential component of my Thanksgiving day. I quickly refreshed the numbers zero through 10 in my head in Spanish, and I said, 
uno, dos, dos, cero, uno, nueve, nueve, ocho. My new best friend, the Target cashier, punched in the numbers and successfully waived the age requirement in the Target system so that I could get my champagne. I like jumped up and threw my hands in the air in pride. I was so fucking proud of myself for my ability to communicate my date of birth to the Target cashier in Spanish. Progress, not perfection. So, my ex-boyfriend, Matt Reif, released a new comedy special on Netflix recently. I watched it during my flight from Miami to New Orleans. I thought it was pretty good for a first comedy special with Netflix. I mean, he's only 28 years old. And if I'm being completely honest, I thought it was a little tame. I really didn't feel like Matt Reif went there with his jokes. And I was really surprised to learn that there are people out there trying to cancel Matt Reif over the jokes made in his comedy special. This is why Dave Chappelle takes y'all's phones. It doesn't matter what you're doing in this world, someone's gonna find a way to be offended by it. But can we agree that canceling is just stupid? I don't know, man. Every joke is about somebody. Every joke is at someone's expense. You gotta learn to laugh about it. I used to get upset about teen pregnancy jokes, but now I make them all the time. And Jew jokes are hilarious, as long as they're not hateful. Goodness gracious. I'll tell y'all what, I'm getting very good at traveling. I just breeze into TSA pre-check, put my stuff through the scanner, and then breeze on out to get a Cinnabon. The airport was pretty crowded, so I was a little concerned. But when I got to TSA, I was so happy that I had pre-check. If you fly even just a few times a year, TSA pre-check is worth it. It's like only $85 for five years and you get to use the TSA pre-check line. And there may not be a class system anymore. I mean, some would argue that there probably is, but there certainly is a clear divide between TSA and TSA pre-check. And I'm gonna be real honest, I feel mighty superior in the TSA pre-check line that has five people in it. When the regular TSA line is nothing short of anarchy. My superiority, however, quickly melted when I arrived at the Southwest Terminal in the Miami International Airport. Provisions were scarce, morale was low, there wasn't enough seating for everybody. There were maybe two or three piss poor options for food, none of which were satisfactory. There was nowhere to sit if you wanted to work on your laptop. I will tell you the difference between the Southwest Terminal and the American Airlines Terminal in the Miami airport is like night and fucking day. In the American Airlines Terminal, there's ample amounts of food, bars, and even high-end shopping. The Southwest Terminal had old pizza and busted-ass vegan cupcakes in a vending machine. But because the conditions were so deplorable, I allowed myself a 20-ounce Mountain Dew, a treat I had not experienced in quite, quite some time. Sometimes you just gotta do the do. I met a really lovely couple at my gate. They were traveling back home to California from Miami. I think they were like on a cruise or something. I almost always try to avoid making small talk with people because the normal questions are hard for me to answer. Like, they were like, so what brings you to Miami? And I was like, uh, you know, I just, just needing a change. And God bless this couple. They could sense that there was more to my answer, but they were going to be polite and accept the vague answer that I had just given them. And sometimes, meaning most of the time, I'm an oversharer. I mean, look at this podcast. Exhibit fucking A. 
So I decided to take a little chance, and I was like, um, you know, I'm actually getting divorced. And the wife goes, huh, been there. And then the husband goes, been there. Let me just tell you that made me feel so much better. Like, knowing that other people have gone through this, and they can empathize with me and not judge me. Like, instead instead of me saying, oh, I'm going through a divorce, like, oh, I needed the look of shame. But they didn't give me the look of shame. They were so kind. I love them. And I didn't even get their names. Speaking of a name, name them. Prince Williams was named Sexiest Bald Man of 2023. Huh. This says, according to a study. Um, what study? I would like to submit alternative sexy bald men who definitely deserve this more than Prince William. Honestly, though, hasn't the royal family taken enough? Aren't they good at this point? What even is the point of the royal family? I digress. There are many, many bald men who could win this award. Oh, you know, just off the top of my head, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Woody Harrelson. There is something hot about his hippie vibe. I am into it. Tay Diggs. He's nice to look at, and he could sing you love songs. Andre Agassi. I've never seen a man look so good with a massive head of hair and then almost looks even better fully bald. And finally, the man, the myth, the legend, and my forever hall pass, even though I'm single, Stanley motherfucking Tucci. Sorry, Prince William, you lost this one. You'll be fine, though. You got all the wealth in the world to comfort you. Since I've decided to opt out of the 2023 holiday season, I've had a lot of time on my hands. So I'm looking for new movie and TV show recommendations. I recently started watching Bridgerton, which I know I'm late to and was a huge deal during, like, COVID. But for some reason, I didn't watch it. And I'm kind of glad that I waited until now to watch it because it would have been very difficult for me to hide what can only be described as deep, intense, but very real feelings for the main character of season one named Simon. Mm. So a few months ago, I watched Queen Charlotte, which I absolutely loved. And I was told by my daughter that it was actually a spin off of Bridgerton. So I recently started watching Bridgerton. And it's kind of crazy to see how like women were controlled in that era. And I know it's like not 100% biographical, but it's based on that time. Like, a girl couldn't even be alone with a man without her virtue being ruined. And now that I'm on season two, I've learned that the age for spinsterhood in the 1800s was 26 years old. Wow. Wow, Bethany. Wow. 26 years old and you were considered a freaking old maid? Honestly, that used to be my biggest fear. But now that I'm here, I like being a spinster. I'm sure we could come up with a cooler, sexier word for it. I feel like women always get the shitty words. Vagina, spinster, old maid. Maybe I should just say that I'm a forever bachelorette. Back in the 1800s, a woman's only worth was to get married and have children. And now that we're in 2023, shit's a little different. According to an article on bankrate.com, women contribute about 40% to the global GDP, which means the total market value of all goods and services produced or provided in the whole world. Over 80% of purchases and purchase influences are made by women. 
women also make up 91% of new home purchases. Damn, ladies. And over the next decade, 66% of consumer wealth will belong to women. And no one will be surprised by this, but women globally tend to spend three times as many hours on unpaid domestic and care work compared to men. Bitches are bringing home the bacon and cooking it. Well, this sure ain't the 1800s, but sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes it feels like society still only values women based upon whether they get married and have children. For instance, years before I got married, people would ask me very regularly when I was getting married. And even when I wasn't dating someone, I would get asked about my dating life, which is never fun to report. On the bright side, no one's ever asking me when I'm going to have kids because, well, you know. I got an early jump on that shit. I think I can say definitively and with full confidence and support from every single woman on the planet, not to overstate anything, but we never, ever need to hear, when are you getting married? Are you in a relationship? When are you going to have kids? Are you going to have kids? These are not only invasive, they are entirely irrelevant in this technological age. Because people are going to let you know when they get married and when they have kids. It's called social media. Look it up. Let me give you an example. I have a cousin, and him and his wife live in Alaska. Alaska. Somewhere I've never visited. Never even come close to visiting or stepped foot anywhere near Alaska. Now, not to throw shade on Alaska, but it's fucking far. Anywho, my cousin and his wife live in Alaska. They have gotten married. They have also had a child. In fact, they have two children. And I have never, ever had to ask them when they are getting married and when they're having children because they let me know via social media. I'm kept apprised of all of their family life updates. In conclusion, everyone is now absolved of the burden of asking any questions regarding one's romantic relationship or desire to procreate. My point is, come prepared with better questions. Maybe even have a little note card or perhaps save a note in your phone with some questions to fall back on. You know, something really non-invasive like, how much money do you make? Just kidding, that's invasive and inappropriate as well. Actually, I kind of disagree with that, especially if you are amongst coworkers. I do think it's good to know how much each other are making, but I digress. But in Bridgerton, your ass better be married and having children. And of course, Shonda Rhimes is involved in the creation of this show. Duh. Is there going to be a season three? Because I really need that. Speaking of a season three, Big Little Lies is coming back for a fucking third season. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and Laura fucking Dern will grace our screens once again. HBO is dead wrong if it thinks that this in any way makes up for the cancellation of winning time. It doesn't. This can still be fixed, HBO. The fucking actor strike is over. We can renew the Lakers dynasty. Fucking robbed. Fuck you, HBO. A new Southern charm came out, which was cleverly titled Royal Reckoning, which I imagine is a slight at Bethany Frankel who has famously said there's going to be a reality reckoning against Bravo. 
Now that was in like July or August and we're still waiting for it. Still waiting for the reality reckoning. The Vanity Fair article came out and I feel like people weren't saying shit about it on the socials. I think the problem is, is that the article was in a magazine and it was long. People don't really like to read long things. I mean, I read it for journalistic purposes and because I was very, very curious and because Bravo is my life. But I don't think a lot of people read it. And I think a lot of people are still waiting for that reality reckoning. Even NeNe Leaks is coming back around Bravo. According to Page Six, NeNe Leaks and Bravo started following each other again on social media. And Andy Cohen even said at BravoCon that he would be open to her coming back to Atlanta Housewives. But he was doing as instructed and keeping her name out of his mouth. Probably fucking wise. But if I'm being dead honest, we need a NeNe return to Atlanta Housewives. I don't know if you've heard, but according to the blogs, Drew Sedora and Sonya Ross have been booted from Atlanta Housewives. I'd be okay if Kenya left too. But if Bravo could bring back Portia and Nini, I would be a happy girl. But they would have to get along with Kenya. If Kenya stays, they have to get along because I just cannot take it. I can't take them all fighting anymore. Nini Leaks also scrubbed her Instagram of any videos from Bethany Frankel's podcast that she recently did. Now, I haven't listened to Bethany Frankel's podcast since the Rachel Levis fiasco. I listened to that three-parter and each episode was an hour long and there was about 35 minutes of advertisements, I would say. And I skipped through all of them. So the interview was lacking, to say the least. And Bethany promoted the fuck out of that interview. And when I watched it and I saw how poorly prepared Bethany Frankel was, she basically botched the interview but didn't give a fuck because she used Rachel and the scandal to promote her podcast. But she lost credibility in my eyes. Bethany Frankel is a very smart and capable woman. So her lack of preparation for this interview seemed lazy because she was certainly capable of asking hard-hitting questions that the listeners wanted to hear. I also don't like that Housewives or Bravo was a fine enough platform to make Bethany Frankel a millionaire, but for everyone else, it's a horrible career path that they just can't handle. I don't like that. So now we're at the end of November and we're still waiting for that reality reckoning. And I think Bravo titled this episode of Southern Charm Royal Reckoning as a jab at the failed reality reckoning. I am obsessed with Vanita and her boyfriend. Vanita on Southern Charm has the most impeccable style of anyone on the cast. Well, Leva is also up there. But, but I love Vanita for being unapologetically herself. And now she has a boyfriend and they are just so adorable. I will say on this episode, I liked the smoking jacket vibe. But I think we need smoking jackets for women. And smoking jackets have kind of always been a male thing. Damn, you know, women really do make men's clothes look better. Like, a woman in a suit is, like, very powerful and intimidating. Hmm. Oh, my God. I forgot to do a rich bitch tip of the week. Fuck. Okay. Well, I think my rich bitch tip of the week is to write down things that you have been thankful for and that you are grateful for. And anytime you come to a mental block on what you're grateful for, just continue to name them. Name them. Name them. Name what you're grateful for. Name what you're thankful for. Name them. Oh, also, 
I'll leave you with this hot tip. For today only, Bath & Body Works has their Black Friday sale early where you can buy three of anything and get three of anything for free. You can also get an extra 20% off with the promo code YAY. <laughs> I love that. See, I'm getting all these annoying Bath & Body Works emails so you don't have to. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and thank you for listening to episode 12 of The Rich Room. Text me or leave a voicemail at 504-224-9919. Tell me what's going on at your Thanksgiving holidays. What's the drama? I want to hear about it. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can and have a happy Thanksgiving, y'all. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Love you, bitches. Yeah.